On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon on this Mitch Marathon Month. The holiday edition. So about two weeks. Uh, we've got singer Liv Warfield. She has new music coming out in 2020. Had a couple of uh, singles in 2019. She has, of course, spent time with Prince. Oui, le seul unique, the one and only. And, of course, Nancy Wilson in a band called Roadcase Royale. So we talk about that and a lot more. It is, of course, a Christmas Day around the world, so... Let me just take a, a few moments to talk about some of my uh, favorite Christmas albums. Uh, we'll start off with the newest one from uh, Brian Adams. He has a new album out called The Christmas EP. It is a 2019 release, and it sounds fantastic. So uh, do check out the uh, Christmas EP from Brian Adams. Aerosmith, a longtime guitarist, Joe Perry, a few years back, I believe it was like 2014 or so, released the uh, Joe Perry's Merry Christmas uh, if you can find that, have a have a listen. Uh, one that I had, uh, well, I had playing on repeat for a bit was uh, the uh, Twisted Sister, A Twisted Christmas. That came out, oh my lord, probably a good 15 years ago. And it was the band essentially reimagining their classic hits, but as Christmas songs. So if you want to hear sort of We're Not Gonna Take It with Christmas lyrics... Uh, Twisted Sisters, a, a Twisted Christmas is for you. Now, that album led to this next album uh, from Helix called A Heavy Mental Christmas. I was at lunch with a singer, Brian Vollmer, and I was telling him about this Christmas album that, that Twisted Sister was doing. And he was like, come again? Yeah, a, what album? I said, Twisted Sisters doing a Christmas album. And he's like, huh. And uh, it was the genesis of, of an idea for him and for him. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to make a Helix one. And he did. And it was very successful, in fact. Uh, he, I remember he got a deal with Walmart Canada to have it in all the Walmarts at Christmas time back. This is probably, I don't know, 2005, 2006. Maybe, I don't know, the, the dates uh, escape me. But a very successful and uh, still sells uh, at Walmarts in Canada. So, uh Helix, A Heavy Mental Christmas. Uh, a couple of years back, I believe 2017, Thunder, The Mighty Thunder from the UK, which uh, a lot of listeners in North America have no idea who I'm talking about, but absolutely my favorite, favorite band. Got a 530-song uh, playlist in my phone of all Thunder. Uh, anyway, they had a, an EP called the a Christmas Day EP, which came out in uh, 2017, I should say. So if you haven't heard it, check out The Mighty Thunder, because I will keep uh, talking about it regardless of uh, what people will say. And then, and then, and then, and then, uh, how's that for a transition? I will finish with my absolute favorite Christmas album of all time. It is Billy Idol's 
Happy Holidays. It was released with uh, two separate covers, one with him at a piano and, and some Christmas presents, and then there was another one that had more of a golden or a cover, if you want. Um, from what I understand, and I haven't spoken to Billy about this, but from what I understand, he's 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 like, uh-oh, why, why did I do that? Now, um, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but if you have a chance, pick up Billy Idol's Happy Holidays. It has been out of print for for many years now in fact when it was in print i think it was hard to get i think he had to get it through like his website or something anyway i have a copy and i love it uh you can also head over to my favorite site for rare imports discog.com uh, so d-i-s-c-o-g-s discogs.com uh, uh, they have all the uh, imports i have no uh, no connection to that site i just i use it i've been using it for God, 15 years or so, and uh, whenever you need a hard-to-find import, you go on there. It's a marketplace for uh, vinyl and CD and cassette and whatever else, and you can find it. Uh, so if you're looking for the Billy Idol Happy Holidays, uh, do check that out. And while we're checking stuff out, here is my Christmas uh, edition uh, episode with Liv Warfield. She has been, like I said, in a band with Nancy Wilson, also sang with Prince, and, uh, well, here we are. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Everything, and here's Liv. We are speaking with the singer Liv Warfield. The new single is a Look At Me, available now, as is a Mantra or Mantra, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, bonjour, right. as we say, Liv, from, uh, as we say in Montreal. Bonjour, how are you? Oh, bless. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So, good. you have had a, an exciting career from, from the stuff with Prince to Nancy Wilson, mm. But now mm -hmm. you're 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 doing this stuff on your own. You you've also of course done uh, unex the unexpected and embrace me. But uh, talk mm -hmm. to me about putting out two singles because it's very different than getting together and coming up with ten songs and putting out a whole album. Talk to me about putting out uh, mantra and then uh, or um, and look at me. Well, mantra was one of the songs that I feel like I needed to complete. I actually. I think 2015 was kind of like when I needed to take a break. Um, all things happening, you know, you know, Prince's passing and, um, you know, Nancy Wilson, which is amazing from heart coming into my life. It just, it was a lot of transitions going on in my life. And I was just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do if I even wanted to sing anymore. So um, I had had the song written, um, but now here we are, it's 2019 and I just finished it this year. So it just really talks about, you know, the kind of up and downs and the kind of things that we go through and how it's just kind of like, you know, you're going to have wins, you're going to have losses, but at the end of the day, you just have to kind of go with your gut and follow and follow through. Like, just don't give up on anything, you know, and I, and I know I've, I can really attest to that <laughs> um, because a lot of the circumstances in my life, I'm surprised I was able to be able to sing with these amazing artists. And even when I was like, nah, I'm finished. Something comes along and I'm swooped up and I'm singing and I'm writing songs with Nancy Wilson of Heart and recording with Prince and just all these amazing things. So Mantra was definitely um, the catalyst. I guess I can call it like my rock opus. Um, it's like a song I really wanted to do guitar heavy with like 45 piece orchestra. It's insane. So um, I, I, I needed to finish it for myself. And then I also wanted to put it out to the world, you know, so people could feel it. You know, uh, talk to me about sort of your path to becoming a singer, because you, you weren't a, mm -hmm. you didn't sort of grow up thinking I'm going to be a singer. And it sort of came to you 
When was that moment where you were you were just sort of singing, whether in front of the bathroom mirror or somebody, and somebody said, "Hey, wait a minute, you've got a voice." <laughs> talk talk to me about discovering your voice. Oh man, um, I guess I, the thing about me is I like I knew when I was eight, but I couldn't show anybody until I was twenty years old, twenty twenty one, until I moved away from home. So it was just, I guess it's just all in in whatever timing universe worked for me. You know, I just kind of, a couple of friends of mine who are uh, collegiate athletes of mine were like, girl, have you heard of this thing called karaoke? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, I lived a very sheltered life growing up. And then when I caught on to that, I was like, oh my God. And it's just little steps like that. And then, you know, Portland, Oregon really, really raised me musically. I say that because they embraced me to step out to grab the mic my first time in Portland. I started my first band. I had a lot of amazing artists that really, really mentored me into just kind of honing, you know, what I have. And I just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm super grateful for that because I didn't even know I was going to step out like that. I'm like, okay, all right, girl, you got this. And uh, here I am. I'm still, I'm still doing it. So <laughs> I guess I'm okay. Now, now these two singles are, of course, going to lead to an album in 2020. Uh, talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the the excitement and also some of the challenges, because, you know, when you're with Nancy Wilson, a lot of folks will mm-hmm. look at Nancy and say, oh, well, she's the main attraction and whatever else is going on around is, is and same with Prince. But now you're on your own. It's, it's your face. T- talk to me about the challenges of being on your own, but also the excitement of being on your own. Um. The challenges is is definitely because, you know, I am fully independent artist. So I guess um, the financial challenges of being able to have the funding, the marketing and be able to put your music out the way you want it to be like airtime, radio play, all those things matter. You know, Um, that's probably been the most challenging part for me um, just to kind of get my voice out there. But it's also no excuse because you have all these social media platforms that can allow you to push it however you feel like you want, you know. Um, the beauty of it is that I'm able to just do whatever the hell I feel like doing. <laughs> I could do the music the way I want. I own my music. I, I have full control over what, you know, what I want to give out and put out, um, to the world, which I'm excited about, which I'm, I don't feel confined. Like if I want to move this way, if I want to do a rock album, I can do a rock album. If I want to do an RB album, I can do that. I don't have people kind of directing me and telling me which way to go. So I feel like those are the things that I really, I really love about it, about being an independent artist, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. and also not having to deal with A&R guys, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> Respect, it's good and respectfully. bad to that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the A&R is good, you know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's beneficial, but I also at the same time, they got to also understand you as an artist, you know? I don't need anybody to kind of develop me or 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 you know kind of tell me what my sound is i mean things are, i feel like now are very advanced um the, even the younger generation now is like it's mind-blowing how you know the access that they have on youtube and all of that you know and and how well they are as musicians how seasoned they are it's kind of like that stuff isn't really needed but the experience is needed nothing outweighs experience i don't care like nothing outweighs it so so yeah uh, just real quick, uh, Road Case Royale, which is what you do with yeah. Nancy. Uh, yeah. 
as of a, or, or up until at least 2018, and we were on the road, even up here in Canada, in New Brunswick, and other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about that band. Is that something that you will continue to do? Is that something that's just sort of well, when there's time in the schedule? You know, what what's the commitment to that? Or is it been there, done that? Now it's really all about live moving forward. No, I I absolutely think that um, when time permits and we're all able to go back and do it again, I think that we 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 would. You know, um, it's just you know there's still pages that need to be written in that book and Road Case Royale because I thought it was awesome. I thought it was fun. It was really unique. Um, so it's you know it's up to Boss Lady <laughs> what she wants to do, and I'm sure with everybody else and their schedules and. And to see, you know, when we can come back together and do it, I I thought it was amazing. Um, so it's, you know, it's up in the air, I guess. But I had shit, tons of fun doing it. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you, you can say that. And, uh, it was, and, and okay, it, okay. I'll tell you what. Listen, I I am looking at a YouTube video right now of you uh-huh. and Roquez Royale doing crazy on you in um, at the mm. casino in New Brunswick. And one comment here at the bottom, this guy wrote, "Holy." Sh- that woman is powerful in, in terms of mm. you and your scene. So there you go, right? You, you got to love <laughs> that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, real quick, uh, you you can't do an interview without talking about Prince. It's going to be this question that you will always be asked about, right? So we'll, we'll mm. let's just go there for a second. Um, but I'm going to go with your album first, uh, "The Unexpected." Mm-hmm. Uh, two songs uh, include Prince. That one, "The Unexpected," that he wrote. And mm-hmm. of course, your show that you wrote with him. Talk to me about about that. Uh, first of all, the song that he wrote is that something that he just had and said, "Hey, I think you would sound good on it," or is it, "Hey, hey, I am going to write you a song." You work. How does that sort of come about? And and then talk to me also about singing a Prince song because it's actually kind of cool. Um, the songs. Well, when I was doing the Unexpected album, he had asked me. You know, he just was. Like, what kind of vibe are you going for? Like, you know, like, what's your story? And at the time, like, you know, I'm a super huge fan of Cleopatra Jones and um, the movies. And I thought that this album, I wanted it to feel like if if it was my movie, what would the soundtrack be to that? So, you know, he had, I think this was when the NPG horns was around. And in the studio, he was coming up with these amazing, like, horn arrangements and all these parts. And he said, well, Liv, you want to write to it? So... I wrote what I wanted to it, and then um, then he came and I sang what I wanted to sing on it at the studio, and he's like, "Well, check it out. I'll be back. I'll be back in an hour." And then he just kind of, you know, flipped some words and flipped some things, and I kept my chorus and just and he, I think he did sing a demo of it, and then I sang my part, and it was just crazy because it was just, I mean, how his mind works, how fast. Um, just how passionate he is about it and how understanding he, he, just the understanding about it. Like he understood my energy and where I was coming from. And also with the unexpected, he said, uh, this is funny. Cause um, he was like, what are you going to call your album? I said, I'm going to call it the unexpected. And he's like, Hmm, do you have anything for that yet? And I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, he was like, okay, hold on. And then literally, I kid you not, like 48 hours, not even at 48 hours, he called me on the phone, doesn't say much, and was like, live, and then just puts the phone by the speakers. And then you hear him playing the ver, which is Third Eye Girl's version on their album is called Wow. So I listen to it, and I go, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. Like, hell no, I'm not going to be able to play this. A, I'm not going to be able to duplicate this. Are you crazy? 
And then he's looking at me like, yeah, you're actually, you're right. (laughs) You won't be able to duplicate this. And I'm like, okay. So he goes, I'll tell you what, he's like, you do your version. So what I did was, is I came back with my version, which is called the unexpected on my album and on third eye girls album, it's called wow. So it's really, really cool. Like it's kind of like a marriage of, of two versions, which I thought was really, really sick. Like, he loved it. He loved my version. And then, you know, I definitely cannot do it the way he does it, does it, yeah. <laughs> which is epic. But, um, yeah, it was really, really dope. It was super it, dope. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be now from what I understand, you also recorded a couple of tracks, at least at, at Paisley park, you know, that, that for somebody like me, that's a, this mythical place that I will never mm. see. Right. You hear about it, right. It's, mm. it's like, it's like, you know, it's like heaven. You hear about it. Right. But you never know until you get there. Um, what was that like in terms of, of a recording studio in, the current, in terms of an experience? Is it just this sort of wild and crazy place or is it just all business? What's it like to be in that studio? First off, I have to say you can go to Paisley still. You can go visit Paisley in the museum if you would love to. Paisley okay. is always open and welcome. But I'm in Canada. Um, but but you could still go if you want to go. I guess. All right. All right. I'll have to make an effort. <laughs> But um, I I feel like this place was um, and still is, it's just, it was my safe haven, right? For any musician and any anybody who stepped in those doors knew that the outside world did not even matter. Um, the energy in that place is insane. It's nothing but music, all music 24-7. It's on the walls. It's on the floor. It's everywhere. And... Um, we could not help but to take that in and absorb that. Like Paisley was is is special. Is was is, is special for me. When he was alive and he was there, it was extreme. Like it was extreme in a way that it was like I'm on another planet. Um, when you walk in those doors, you knew when you walk in those doors, it was just an over overwhelming feeling of, man, are right, we about to create today? I miss that. Like I miss it. Like I feel like. You know, any studio you go into or any place you go into musically, of course, it's it's lovely. But Paisley was just a place that was just different. Um, it's for any odd head that are normal heads <laughs> that could go there and feel like it's, I don't know, your family, you know, in every sense of the word. So, I mean, that's the best way that I can describe it. I mean... From going there to Paisley Park, I call it Paisley Park University. You go there and the, and also experiences of doing after shows at like three or four in the morning. Um, when I tell you music was twenty four seven, it was twenty four seven. You know, it's a party all the time. You know, it was serious too. You know, we were serious. We were there. We wanted to write. We wanted to record. Of course, we did that all the time. But you know, we all felt safe there, and um, and he always made us feel not like. He was bigger than anybody else. Never that. And we knew the kind of magnitude that man is, was, you know, um, it, you know, it, it was just, it was insane. And I wish I could have that feeling of him, you know, being around on stage, playing, we're rehearsing, you know, eight or nine, 10 hours a day. <laughs> and it wasn't work. It wasn't work. It was um, fun. I'm going to ask you this. It was fun. It was fun. I, I, and I'm going to ask you this because I saw uh, Prince's last performance in Montreal at the Bell Center. And I'm assuming you must have mm-hmm. been there because it was in the last, uh, it was in that time. Um, 
there is one thing to be an audi- in the audience and hear when doves cry and hear purple rain and hear the songs. What's it like to get on that other side and be the one that's you know showing it to the audience that that's getting it out there and and living it every day because th- those songs they they sort of rise above right they're not just a pop song absolutely um, absolutely yeah um lyrically he was somewhere else i mean if you if um a to answer your question being on stage with him and hearing it sometimes i'd have to be like check myself and stay on my steps and stay on my songs because we get all can get caught in the days of just just in a days watching him you know like oh my god like first off the vibe and the energy that you're catching from him off stage is insane the synergy of it is it's the vibration of it is crazy um and then also sometimes if you strip away the music and you listen to him lyrically right or just him piano and his voice lyrically it's just something else you know he's code he's language he's another language he's an he's another divine entity and so it's just i'm thankful for it you know and i think anybody who's been to a show or has caught his energy it stays with you clearly it stays with you it stays with you right um I mean, that's how and, that, I feel. and that's the key I mean, word. It's a different energy. It, you know, being in the audience, you get that energy of the live show and so on. But being yeah. uh, being the musician, it, it's not the same energy. You know, it's it's a very different thing. Um, boy, that yeah. must it just yeah, it, it's it, a different vibration f- for real. You know, it's a, if and it's a different you know language too. Um, if that's <laughs> you can understand what I'm saying, it's just a, a different way. Um, speaking without having to talk and move, move your mouth and looking and catching, catching eye looks or catching a vibe or watching his hands on the guitar or even on the piano. It's a trip. Like he, he plays with his body, his whole body, you know? So, so oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, he, listen, uh, he was making love to the songs. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, yeah, you were yeah. part of Lotus Flower as well. Were you not? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Triple Absolutely. album. I mean, yeah, if you if you look yeah. at any band from the '80s, whether it's Heart or Billy Idol or or, or Kiss or anybody mm-hmm. who was running, and you say Triple Album, you go, yeah, uh huh. But Prince does it, <laughs> right? Right now, you do. And Prince does it, you go, yeah. oh yeah, okay, give yeah. us four, give us four, give us five. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that yeah. like when when you sat down as a band and said, hey, we're gonna make not a single album, not a double album, but a triple album? Do you just sort of do your eyes just bug out and you go, oh, all right. Let's give this I a mean, shot. I, I mean, no. I mean, I, to be honest with you, because it was, again, it was just, okay, what, what do you want to make today? What music are you doing today? It wasn't up to us. You know, um, it was what he felt like he wanted to do. And I feel like we were all family and, and soldiers and just kind of like, all right, let's do it. All right. You know, I, you live, you got this alto, you got this, you, you know, it's like, yeah, let's get it. You know, it's just. You have to be open to that. You know what I mean? And not everybody's open to that. Not everybody's open to how um, much music and how much time that it takes and how much energy, energy, excuse me, that it takes. Um, but all of us and all my MPG family, we are all open to it all, all the time. Yeah, and I think I think that I think that's the important word is to be open because I, I, there are a lot of artists that are very close to the process of, of I have to write a single for Billboard chart and I have to write a single for mm. AOR radio and I have to write yep. a, 
And it's like, well, don't close that. Just let it flow. And then we'll figure out where we stick it, you know? Absolutely. But but yeah, anyway. I will quickly remind the folks that your new single, Look at Me, is available now. Mantra is out too. Uh, Any more comments on the two songs? Or shall we just tell the folks, get it anywhere? It's digitally available, (laughs) iTunes, all digital retailers. But go ahead. Yes, it's available on all digital platforms. Look at Me was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to have fun with it so everybody's not so much in their head and just kind of take a minute to just celebrate themselves for a second. You know what I mean? You deserve to be celebrated. So look at you. Yes, girl, get it. So <laughs> I wanted to have fun with that. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about 2020. There's a lot going on. It's just so much going on, a tour coming up and um, working with um, Tietro Zanzani in Chicago and the album. It's just a lot. And I'm really excited. So I really appreciate excuse me, appreciate your support and people who are going to download this music. So have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I appreciate artists like you because they, they, for, for, for so long they've been saying, oh, music is dead. Rock is dead. This is dead. It's like, oh, nah. stop it. Music will nah, never die. Exactly. 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 Yep. Yep. And there we go. And, and as we say in Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much, Liv. An absolute pleasure. Uh, merci. Merci beaucoup. We will see you soon up here, I hope. Absolutely. Me too. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFond, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFond. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.